0: Uh, and limits of ISIS, as the uh, booklet says, because we have to cut down in order for us to have uh, some time here. So I'll be talking more on producing ISIS, basically on the literature uh, on ISIS, on the knowledge production on ISIS, and it will be in the form primarily of a cautionary set of notes. Talking about ISIS is to talk about traces. Not an infinite set of traces, but a large number to be sure. These include the political, the historical, theological, psychological, and last but not least, the economic. The list can go on. Since the emergence of the movement in its Syria and Iraqi guard as ISIS, but mostly since spring and summer of 2014, When ISIS overtook towns, cities, and large parts of whole provinces in Syria and Iraq, writing about ISIS became ubiquitous. The plethora of explanations were mostly premature treatments that were produced by not only newcomers to the field or the region, but by newcomers to the study of Islam, or sometimes to Islam in general. The arguments about ISIS taking over the region any day were met with the reverse arguments that dismissed ISIS altogether as an aberration that would melt away rather quickly. These arguments were complemented by others that addressed the roots, novelty, continuities and discontinuities of Islamic movements, traditions, all of which muddied rather than clarified the phenomenon for the most part, exceptions of course exist. This could very well be a function of the proliferation of avenues that produce narratives, It could be the fact that the topic is of interest to nearly all segments within academia, journalism, think tanks, policy networks, and government. I will say a few words first about jettisoning factors or ignoring factors. Perhaps the most significant matter here, and to make a long story short, and I'll be skipping a lot of what I had prepared, is to reject explanations that focus on singular factors, and many do, many explanations focus on singular factors, we call them monist, focus on one factor that produced a very complex phenomenon, on ones that do not take into account the evident traces, some of which I mentioned above. For instance, the economic infrastructure of ISIS is not a sideshow. It is part and parcel of its appeal, sustenance, and vigor. Yet, in most accounts, it's either absent or marginal. Just receives a mention that there is an economic component to the sources of wealth that actually drive ISIS. And even though in my own work, I call the US fraudulent and barbaric invasion of Iraq in 2003 the big bang that produced the context and vacuum within which ISIS-like movements flourished, we still, even in this context, cannot ignore the historical and ideological traces that predated that invasion, including the style and logic, for instance, of Saddam's brutal rule which was copied or cloned by ISIS, according to many researchers that studied this connection very carefully. We also cannot ignore disastrous US policy decisions to dismantle the Ba'ath party and the Iraqi army. We also cannot ignore as well the external support by both the US and Iran of a government that practiced sectarianism par excellence in the post-invasion period. Similarly, we cannot ignore the the production of future ISIS leaders in American and Iraqi jail cells from 2003 to 2006 and beyond. Nor can we ignore the entire chapter of the Syrian uprising and how it represented the dialectical breathing space for the expansion of what became ISIS and then its return force to Iraq. And clearly, we cannot ignore the role of the conservative oil rich Arab monarchies in backrolling various groups within the Syrian uprising context, ISIS and not, that ultimately joined the ranks of ISIS. And last but not least, we cannot ignore the ideological origins of ISIS in Wahhabism and what that trajectory entails. And the list, of course, goes on. No one is obliged to dwell on all these factors. But no one can adequately present a holistic account of the ISIS phenomenon without doing so, given uh, or give and take, this or that detail, of course. The task then becomes even more complex as one tries to assign explanatory weight to the various factors, traces, and processes involved. So addressing these factors is very important, but it doesn't (coughs) end there. It's just that the bar has been lowered dramatically, in my view analytically speaking, that we, uh, we definitely stress the importance of addressing the basic factors, but the real work of academics, the real work of scholarship, the real work of people who are producing analytical narratives and frameworks that actually have a long shelf life starts in trying to understand the complexity of these factors and how they come together uh, to allow us to understand this phenomenon. I will not take this matter up here, even though I, I actually would like to. <coughs> Another challenge is to deal with the segmented world we live in and the attendant, and their attendant, attendant discourses. Over and beyond explanatory soundness, talking about ISIS is also to talk about different kinds of worlds and discourses. From the world of the social context from which Islamic movements emanate, so the discourse of, the, of terrorism and the terrorism industry that mostly has conversations with itself and everything in between, including discourses associated with theology, tradition, sectarianism, conflict in the region, sectarianism in the region, and so on. Finally, talking about ISIS is to talk about current events, primarily the uprisings, particularly <coughs> in Syria, but also in Libya and Yemen, and of course the special case of Iraq, which we will hear about today. My intention is not to convey the impossibility of the task of talking about ISIS or trying to be uh, analytical about its causes for emergence, nor is my task here or my intention to make this complexity um, sound unique. It is not impossible to talk about ISIS and it is not a secret that the topic is complex. Rather my intention is to highlight anew and and you uh, there's a space missing. Rather my intention is to highlight anew the abridged nature of much of what has been produced on ISIS and the many points of departure that make the production of knowledge on ISIS profoundly uncumulative. In a sense, this is not uncommon to several other complex phenomena. What distinguishes the discourse on ISIS is that the topic has become supremely pivotal. It is addressed <laughs> in discussions on the outcome of the uprisings, on cultural evolution, on terrorism, always in quotation marks, on authoritarianism, on external intervention, on sectarianism, on borders, history, Saitpiqo, refugees, immigrants, and so on. We actually examine that we actually do examine the gamut of writing in both Arabic and English in a bi-monthly roundup on Jalehia, where we select around 100 to 130 pieces. Uh, to feature periodically with annotation under the title Extensive Media Roundup on ISIS. This exercise, which we started 18 months ago, has given us the systematic, not anecdotal, impressions I am sharing in part here. This effort is complemented by another effort at examining the peer-reviewed articles on the topic. The work is still work in progress, but we can begin to identify similar deficiencies within the peer-reviewed scholarly world usually a function of authors amplifying those aspects on which they have been trained. So if you work on Salafism or Wahhabism or terrorism or Iraqi politics or the Syrian uprising, these topics figure disproportionately, not in the article, because that's natural, but in the explanatory framework, where the part is taken for the whole. This is not a critique of analysts who focus deliberately on one aspect. Actually, this is important and needed rather it is about analysts focusing on an aspect that slips into explaining the core or essence of the phenomenon of isis including the causes of its emergence expansion and sometimes even demise all based on their topic of expertise it's kind of like what social media it's kind of like what social media experts living in say wisconsin and working on the american context Arguing that social media produced the Arab uprisings because this is what they study and they hear about the social media and its connection with the uprisings and they focus disproportionately on it. This happens in the case of ISIS all too often. Thus, we often have not so much intellectual narratives about ISIS but a production of the ISIS phenomena. This is taking place at a time when such production or such productions are often consequential in terms of policy and real world events. I intend for this to be no more than a cautionary note as we begin seriously to address this phenomenon and its many facets uh, moving forward, especially that several years after the emergence of the the, uh, phenomenon, we are beginning to see real work being produced as opposed to some of these articles and books that were produced almost within 15 minutes of the emergence of (laughs) ISIS and the Union uh, that pr- produced ISIS. And I, I am sorry to keep using the word ISIS and that we are using the word ISIS in this conference because the official name self-professed, uh, self-imposed or uh, uh, produced by the movement is IS today. We use ISIS for recognition, it has caused some issues but we're using ISIS knowing that the uh, the name officially is Islamic State. Uh, I will now uh, actually take a uh, back seat to uh, the rest of the panel.